0: I would like to ask you if you have any question. I'll be busy also with the interviews this afternoon. Any question about your practice, any doubts? Anything you'd like to clarify? You're very welcome. Great, great. Doing very well. That's very good. Only a little bit boring, or is just the understatement of Britishness and British <laughs> understatement? Terribly <laughs> boring. <laughs> How do you keep it uh, interesting? <laughs> Good question. Anybody interested in that question? <laughs> I think you picked up the right one, eh? covers everything. <laughs> Great. Well, you know, we are addicted to excitement, aren't we? We are addicted to rebirth, you know, too interesting. Even if we don't get reborn anything, we like to, to think about what we're going to do next, you know? And then you keep a reminder just to here and now, here and now, nowhere to go, nothing to do, nothing to become, nobody walking. It's like for the chitta, you know, the conditioning of your chitta, it's um it's quite you know, emotionally it brings boredom. <laughs> it's like you know we uh, get bored, because we lose mindfulness a lot of the time. You know, because if you did not lose mindfulness, you would be able to be reminded that you are here, and during ten days on your cushion, because you really have a certain idea of what's going to happen in this place, don't you? You have a certain wish for what's going to happen in this place, or aspiration, or maybe expectation, whatever, you know. So boredom c- comes when we lose interest. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard work to be looking at the mind, you know, so st- in such a sustained fashion. You know, it's a, it's like looking at a screen. A movie of your life is not that fun. You know, the movie of your life is kind of, when it comes down, is quite boring, really. Yeah, at the same time. And she didn't close the fridge last night. And she didn't close the fridge last night. And then something in news I've had enough of that. So that's a reaction, you know, it's like, please give me this. stop being so stupid, you know. So boredom is as I said, somebody remember I said I was an expert on boredom. By this I mean um, I got really interested in finding out what this state of mind was, you know, because I knew, it. I know the theory, you know, boredom is the opposite of excite, ec- you know, excitement and fascination, and you know, and then you get really interested and uplifted and inspired and so on, and then the other side is like, oh God, you get used to it and you get bored, you know. Have you have any partner in your life? Yeah. Yeah, so didn't you ever get bored? Papa eh? Yeah.
1: She was uh, French? <laughs>
0: anyway, obviously it hasn't been a problem for you. <laughs> you know, but we do, we do get bored easily when after a while we just, you know, we've seen everything and it's boring you know <laughs> and you get bored even with a French person <laughs> you get bored with everything you get bored with everything it's like slightly kind of blasé a little bit of blasé feeling can't be bothered anymore it's like I've seen it all boring so it's really worthwhile because I always say that boredom was worthwhile well to study boredom because boredom is like the, the best trampoline for the next rebirth you know you know trampoline. trampoline you, know, you just Bored, and right next, where do I go now? <laughs> get out of this, this boredom. You know, it's like boredom makes you reborn, makes you reborn into things. You get bored, you want a cup of tea. You get bored, you want to go to the movie. You get bored, you want to do something else. You get bored, you go to your computer. You know, boredom keeps the mind moving. You know, because you find it really hard to bear with boredom. But boredom is just a cloud, it's another cloud in your mind, you know, and this cloud has, uh, you know, the, the characteristic of change, so you need to be really, you know, just say to yourself, I am bored, there is boredom, even, it's even more freeing, there is boredom, which is true. So, the Buddha was so simple, that's why I like the teaching, because it's really true, totally true. It's like if you feel anger, just to know you have anger. He doesn't say, you know, blah, 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 and anger is this way and that way, and because of this, 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 and this and that. He just say, no anger. And it's an Ichadukarnata. Now, you don't have to believe the Buddha, you know, but... You can explore that teaching. So, boredom comes from the fact that you've lost connection with a part of your mind that is really awake and uh, alive, you know. Makes sense, or do you have any more questions about boredom? And it's a natural feeling. It's like, you know, you get angry, you get bored, you get... Boredom is one of the daughters of Mara. Sometimes it's a son, but mostly the daughters, I notice, you know, there's she... But since I'm not so attached to she or he myself is fine, you know, I don't you know, we both we all have delusion, we all have greed, hatred and delusion, you know. I mean, whichever body you have, it's still got the same kind of mess inside. <laughs> do you know, it's the same kind of characteristic at some level, the level of the mind is not that different. We do have different hormones, that's quite, you know, noticeable. But apart from that, you know, uh, we're quite we have a lot of similarity. We would work with the same stuff you know so boredom's one of the daughter of Mara just let let this sister you know shall we just kind of send something make her bored. you know she'll disrobe then she'll really disrobe she's bored she'll disrobe that's what Mara is about. you know Mara had um the 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 kind of the conceit of going to and almost just before the nuns you know there is a, a little booklet of poetry of poems of the what we call the enlightened nuns, the poems of the enlightened nuns twenty five hundred years ago, you understand the richness of the Buddhist teaching is that never anywhere have you seen a, a kind of recueil in French a little booklet of you know a group of nuns enlightened poems enlightened nuns poetry. No, oh, never. I mean, there's the Sufi tradition, Christian. We do have plenty of amazing women in Christian, Christian tradition, right? But you don't have a little booklet of all the nuns who got enlightened and sort of wrote a poem just because they, just before they just cracked it for good, you know? They just kind of, that was it, finished with dukkha. And so Mara is part of the boredom, is one of the more most kind of um, prominent characters of Mara. <laughs> makes you miserable, makes you bored, because life is never boring, really. Even boredom is interesting. You know, even boredom. You could, sure, you could paint something about boredom, you could write about boredom, you could sing about boredom, you know, couldn't you? <laughs> Give you some tips. Next time he comes to Murwati, Sajan Sundara told me to write a song about boredom. It's only little book, thirty songs on boredom. it will make you know, you become famous. <laughs> most people write about excitement, you know. It's like write about boredom. That will be a really a hit. I think it will definitely be top of the chart <laughs> because most people are so bored, you know, <laughs> with life. They will find it fascinating to get a. A book of poetry on boredom. How about that? Well, I might think about it. Let me think about it. (laughs) So, but having your question, did you find, is that helpful or do you want to know a little bit more? (laughs) Are you bored with the question already? (laughs) Yes, well, it's you know in this in this um, path, we are like explorers, you know. If you're not an explorer naturally, it's not easy, you know. If you just want to sit down, sit back, and just watch, and you know, you also have to do some work, you know. As we say, just open yourself, receive life as it is, just be kind and loving. It's not that like you fall asleep. It's so kind and loving, and find that in the end you end up in bed and. Your blanket, you know, and you know, and and you say, "Well, I'm I'm still watching. <laughs> I'm still I'm still mindful of being in bed <laughs> with my blanket and my hot water bottle." But that's not how you <laughs> you investigate boredom, you know. So you do have to have the faculties of the mind that works to investigate the dharma of this particular state of mind, like wisdom, <laughs> you know. And they work on their own. You don't need to worry. You don't need to kind of make your mind sort of think, think, think. But you can ask question: What is boredom, you know? Who is bored? Just poke the mind, because it's really just delusion. Poke it, you know, kind of challenge the mind. Yeah? Challenge the mind. Who is bored? I never find anybody who is bored or anything, but it's boredom you know, so just a cloud comes and goes. Once you see it changing, it's quite amazing, you're free, you're free, that's the beginning of freedom, you know. And then, uh, you know, it also kind of um, affect the body boredom, you know, your your mind sinks and gets tired and gets uninterested, and you know, you're going down the the, the law of gravity, you know, where everything just go down. You don't rise up. No energy, no effort, etc., etc. Gravity takes, you know, takes its course, and uh, you know. So we have to go. We're going against the law of gravity. You know, most of us want the easy way. Is, uh, is going with law of gravity. That's the easy way. You understand? The way of Dhamma, the way of awakening, goes against the law of gravity you know you just you are actually rising up making effort putting effort developing energy not following your habits not following your conditioning so that's a lot of energy is used just to go against the stream of delusion now the more you look at your thought and your feeling and your mood and so on you realize delusion is not so heavy but you need to see clearly what to do with it you know it's it, you know it's just thought and feeling strung together and so on. But once you've seen them empty for a while, it's not such a big deal. But when you don't yet know the emptiness of this, you know, the the lack of substance of those um experiences, then you are burdened, you know, it's like you carry a big heavy rucksack of dukkha there. So next time it comes. Just really pay a deep attention, and it's difficult to explain the extension of mindfulness because it doesn't you can't really put words in the same way as the experience describe when you see it. It's just like sustained attention, you know it's a bit like um you know like a, um how can I say well, you can see like those little those big birds you know they kind of roar. It's not eagles, but some kind of small eagles, and they, 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 you know, they kind of rotate around and rotate around, and you know, you're looking at something I can't see even on my side, you know. So they're seeing something, and as somebody they go, shoom, you know, they go straight to it, you know, and then eat it. So we, we, we have, we don't have to be kind of carnivore. Fortunately, we can just it can be just absorbed into the power of mindfulness, you know. You notice that as soon as you're pa- mindful of a thought. Have you seen how many times it disappears? I struggle with that a lot myself because I, I came to a place of fear. When I didn't want all my soul to disappear. I wanted to have a few around just because they were I was so used to have a thinking mind, you know, proliferating mind and so on. I felt, I don't know if I really want an empty mind, really. Do I really want an empty mind? I'm not sure about that. So that was a dilemma. You know, you work with the idea that everything is unsubstantial and, you know, there's no subs- no, 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 no reality to these things. But at the same time, something in you said, well, I've liked a little bit of my old self there, you know, like a little bit of thought and feelings that I can just feel comfortable. You never think that when you let go of these things, not only you feel more comfortable, but you have a feeling adapted to the here and now, to reality. You know, you're not sort of constantly wrong, constantly out of sync, seeing things that is really pleasant as unpleasant, seeing things that's unpleasant as pleasant. You know, that's where we go wrong with the with the lesion, We get a distorted view. Any other questions? Um, mm. You you talked a little bit
1: about meditation on silence. I see mm. that there is a good book. In the sitting room, can you say just a few words about it?
0: Or? What is a good book? Oh,
1: silence, Meditation on Silence.
0: What is the title, do you remember? Who wrote it? Ajahn. Ajahn. Ajahn, who?
1: Sumedo, yes.
0: Oh, I see. The Sound of Silence. Yes. The Sound of Silence. Yes. So it's different than ah, Meditation on Silence. It's a Sound of Silence. Yeah, that's a good question, because people uh, not don't often have never heard of it. So the sound of silence is just um, you know, a high-pitched sound that you can hear when the mind is quiet. And it could be busy with many things. You can learn how to have the capacity to hear this sound, even though the mind may be quite busy. In fact, Samedo had a goal in mind. He said, I want to know the sound of silence to the point where I can hear it when they are doing, how do you say in English, marteau uh, picker in French. When they have, you know, they go, you know, they kind of holes in the road. How do you call that? Pneumatic drill. Eh? pneumatic drill. That's right, pneumatic drills. I think something even stronger than that. But he said he want to be able to hear the sound of silence sound. His goal was to be able to have a mind really peaceful when he hears all this kind of powerful noise, you know. So it's not you know it's not a big deal. it's just it's there all the time if you want to hear it, you know, but the trouble is that if you speak too much about it or you start making an object and then you get interested me, I was like, I said, always divine sign, maybe or what is it? you know if what is, I mean divine, it was not really my way of interpreting much things, but is that, what is special sound? you know, because I've still felt myself very special, you know, so if I hear it, it must be a special sound, you know? sound. So I just I am mean, just brush it off completely, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just not listened properly. <laughs> but it's actually a very nice object of meditation. And do you know why? Well, because it is really the only object of meditation that cannot be controlled by I and the body and the mind, you know. It's the only object of meditation that you cannot control. So you dropped it. You know, it's like you just hear it. And the mind is really natural. The body and mind become more natural. You know, they, when you do the breath, for example, and you haven't let go yet of the breath exercise and so on, you're not in a place where you can see it's unidentified, you know. Then you can control it. There's always been like saying, oh, I don't like this breath. or no, it's too long, too short, too this, too that, you know. It's, uh, too heavy, too light, you know, frightened, this and that. You can... Have the mind can keeping on keeping concocting commentaries on this, you know in the sound of silence um you you whatever you think it's not going to change you know it it's beyond thought in a way it's beyond your thinking mind, I would assume it's beyond the thinking mind because you can hear it it's. All necessary. It gets louder as the mind goes, um, in a, for example, in a silent place. It gets very loud. I mean, I had it so loud, I thought I was going to go crazy. I was, once I was um, uh, spending a retreat in, in uh, Australia, in a, in a bush of Australia. It's been three months. In a little cootie up on a hill, you know, on my own. And I arrived there. And the, loud, the sound of silence was absolutely maddening, you know. I thought to myself, I'm going crazy in this, you know, next next day, if I... But interestingly enough, it's just, you get, you, I don't know what happened. You you just get used to it, and it, couldn't, it was not a problem. It was just kind of, you know, manageable. So I would explore it. Just, you know, I, I'm going to make an experiment, for example, now. Okay, just close your eyes gently, close your eyes, and then just listen inwardly. Very attentively, listen. And it's not tinnitus, okay? Okay, we stop for now. How many of you have heard the high-pitched sound in their mind? Put your hand up a little bit. Yeah, so many, many people. You can see. So this is an object of meditation. You heard, did you hear it? This is an object of meditation. Simple. It's just a sound object, you know. Coming from the um, you know auditory sense door, right? Just like you use a breath, you use the contact of the body, you can use the, the sound. It doesn't work for everybody. People Sometimes people feel this too, it brings them too much to the mental realm, you know. But you don't have to do anything, because you hear it up in the head. But really, you can actually focus it in another part of the body, and you can hear it down the lower body. Anyway. anyway, you can focus your attention on the sound in different parts of the body. simple, isn't it? OK, one more question? So oh, I thought I'd lost you. I was looking, I said it hasn't come back. Not. OK. Isn't it, just blood just what? isn't it just the flow of blood in the country surrounding you? it just the flow of blood in the country surrounding It could be. It sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> Who knows? I <laughs> have no idea. But actually, Ajahn Samhita was very interested in this sound of silence because it's not something you find in any of the Theravada Sutta, you know, any of the Buddhist scriptures. So he felt a bit lonely, you know, because he was, that he was the only one who could hear this sound of silence. And he didn't talk about it for a long, long time because he didn't want people to maybe get the wrong end of the stick, you know. So. Uh, his close friend knew that he was really interested. He was using the sound of silence, and he was interested. And so, over the years, they brought him books of people who had had this experience with the sound of silence. And in fact, uh, there's, there should be a there is a book of a John Amaro. I don't know if it is might need to be republished or something, but called uh, what is it? Inner listening, and it's all about the sound of silence, and I'm translating, it's been translated into French. So those French speaking people, French speaking people would have it. Uh, it will be available for those who don't know English so well. And so there was two, two places. One was uh, a man who was quite an a extraordinary man, who basically got enlightened by himself, and um and Well, kind of. He worked very hard for it before, but he had he used the sound of, the, it's called, in yoga, it's called the nada sound. Who does yoga here knows the nada sound? Uh, yeah, so it's not, it's not unusual. It's familiar in the yoga tradition, and it's also familiar in the, uh, I think it's a Sikh tradition, in the Hindu tradition, the Sikh. And because we know some Sikh people who live nearby, Ajahn Sumedho wanted to meet their teacher, their, their, their elders, you know. And they didn't come, they didn't want to come, because in the Sikh tradition, it's um, a special divine sound that you can hear. For them, it's a divine sound. And to hear it, you have to have a transmission from the masters. So he never met them masters, because he was not in the Sikh tradition himself, to talk about this sound of silence, which has a, obviously a very special place in that tradition. So we can think of it as we want, you know, but you can just use it as an object of meditation that's available. Did you hear it? Could you hear it? Yeah. yeah good. Experiment. You, know, you can even experiment during this retreat now, you know, with this and it leaves you alone what it's got a lot of wonderful sides to so it really because i've you know used other meditation objects but because you cannot control it the mind really relaxes quite quickly to understand you 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 know the, something in you cannot really change it so the mind gives up on trying to control quite quickly and then you can continue to do your vipassana with that you know just with the sound of silence in the background and that's kind of a reminder, I'm here and now, you know, rather than absorb into something. So you can hear and investigate also. Just like you can have the breath in the background and still investigate your mind and body. And by investigate I just mean I just mean be mindful of what's what's happening in the present moment. Did that makes sense? Any any more questions about the sound of silence? I
1: think that I've done that by myself.
0: There you go, okay. you natural kind of thing, yes, that's great, well, yeah, you know, nothing more there's no nothing more to it than that. <laughs> what is more to it is doing the Vipassana practice with it, you know, actually using it that's all, not a big deal, really, once you, but you know the biggest deal i mean it's not the <laughs> the biggest deal is not having all the object of meditation and then the method and know all about it, the biggest thing is actually to do it, <laughs> as we know, don't we? You know, the hardest thing on the on, the, on the Buddhist path is not having a lack of knowledge, even when you have had the biggest insight, you know, cracked the nut so many times, you dived into, you know, realization and all the rest of it, you still, the hardest thing is to remember to do it, just like everything, eh? and maintain it, yeah, yeah, well we can't be too, you know, just be careful when you say these things, because as soon as you say these things, depending on how you do it, your little emotional heart starts getting really stressed out, you know, so just be modest, you know, don't talk too loud about your intention, because the heart feels those thinking thoughts, you know, and then it start trembling a bit, and the next thing you know, you forget it for three weeks, you know. I had a, a little mantra that came to me, I remember, and it doesn't, do, doesn't say it in my mind anymore, but it's an interesting little sentence, you know, I kept thinking, the phrase, I am under the radar of Mara, now don't ask me how it came across, you know, I don't know, I was this thing, just stay under the radar of Mara. <laughs> Sweet. We get, you know, we get, uh, what a stupid woman, you know, she really want to get out of my way. And then we get nice things like, uh, you know, insight. Sort of, <laughs> you know, it's not like the mind doesn't get, receive a lot of messages. Do you understand? All day long you receive messages, you know, of hunger and greed and all that. Occasionally you have some kind of funny little reminder. But of course it's not like I have to go under the radar of Mara. But give me another dimension to my life as a nun and, you know, a meditator. Because it is true, you can be under the radar of Mara with mindfulness, you know, you kind of... And actually it's totally true, I have to bring you these little passages, and it's a shame that I can remember them by heart, you know, because... In the Dhammapada, the Buddha does say, when you are mindful and really heedful, Mara cannot find you. Do you understand? You cannot be found by Mara. I must have read some of these little poems when the message came to me under the radar of Mara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very uh with visual myself, you know, kind of so I get lots of strong little comical little comic strip in my mind, you know. So it's like Mara is there with a the little army, you know, and <laughs> covering myself and passing through unseen, unheard, you know. And that's what I was saying to you, in a way. When you're under the radar of Mara, don't talk too loud, you know, about your plans, about getting better, because Mara is really on the attack of everything that's good, She wants to destroy it, you know, so just be more normal, just, you know, <laughs> just just more normal. That makes sense? You like the idea of being under the radar of Mara? Now if you really, uh, you know, listen, you get these little, funny little, sort of, reminders, you know. So, it's 11.10. I could ask you if you have another question. Yes? I wonder if I to... Hang on, I've got to adjust. Hang on, you're too far. I'm terribly techni- technicalized. Yes, say that. Sure.
1: Um, I I
0: wonder if I listen to the
1: voice of silence, the sound of silence, would that be possible I will, I will hear more
0: voice, more sound? Greedy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but because
1: sometimes I will hear more, more voice, other different
0: ones. You get more what? Uh, sound. Oh, sound. Yes, yes, sound. <laughs> I understood something else, it's crazy. How can I get more wise, more sound, and more wise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> more well, no, you focus on the sound of silence. You know, in the, what kind of noise do you hear?
1: Uh, a different sound will
0: come. Really, it's well, different. that's not the sound of silence. What are they? Quite high pitched sound, or like like hammering you, or what? What sort of sound? Are they loud? Are they? low, you know, low tone, high tone, high pitch, high, you know. Uh, uh like the,
1: like the, like the wind like or is the background and the other song, like, yeah, the low tone. Singing? I, mm, I, 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 it's not the song, I didn't investigate, but I
0: know it's the other song. Are they pleasant?
1: Or
0: what? Yeah, no pleasant particularly. It's not the sound of the angels, no. <laughs> <laughs> Divine sounds, no. Obviously not, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it's just your your tita, your mind. Just um, you know, it's a, it's a world, a whole world in ourselves. We don't know what's going to come next, you know. But uh, it's not the sound of silence. I don't think the sound of silence is like a high speech. It's like, I can't do it because I can't go so high. Although I did go high once, to my surprise. Have you Never, never, <laughs> never anticipate what you can do and can't do. I had a greatest lesson when I thought I can never be, I will never be a Christian nun because I can't go high pitch like the nuns, the Christian nuns do, you know. I used to do retreat in monasteries, you know. Ee- you know, like that. So I'll never be able to do that. But because I'm an explorer, I was not, I one day actually played with my voice. <laughs> I just have to laugh still because it was so funny. I played with my voice and you know, I could actually chant really high pitch. I I was frightened because it wasn't me. It was like there, there was nobody in no no, there was no ghost there. It's just my voice was doing something I never heard it before. <laughs> And it was amazing. And I said, ah, maybe that's how they train themselves. They start you know, (laughs) and then, you know, suddenly they kind of raise their voice little by little. And I'm not going to give you an example because you don't need that. After that, you'll be remembering all afternoon like a ghost sound, you know. (laughs) But what I mean, I'm just saying this for you, never give up on your capacity to do things new. Okay? Never. Because for me to rise to singing like the Christian nuns for quite a while and I, I was kind of saying, How long is it going to last? You know, <laughs> is it really is it really happening? Is it really true? <laughs> is it me? So but from what you say, I don't think it's a sound of silence. Right. I mean I can hear the sound of silence all well, today. Yeah. But if I focus on the sound and then I will listen to I will hear and an Well you, you 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 know, you 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 are conscious of what your attention is on, you know. So bring your, if you want to really stay with the sound of silence, those noises, like thoughts, it could be anything. Thoughts, objects, sound objects, you know, it could be eating, whatever. So they're just activities of the mind, and you can just focus, refocus your attention on the, on the sound of silence, you know, and still hear them, but keep the sound of silence as your anchor in the present moment. Don't get too distracted, you know, by the sound. That's one thing. If you use a sound of silence, but also the uh, here the hearing faculty is a great, um, you know, the object of hearing are fantastic to bring the mind to quiet. Have you probably see, heard heard that? Experienced that? For example, if you really want to quiet down your mind, you just in nature. For example, you just. Listen to the sound around you. Even in this room, you can just listen to the sound around you. And it's really interesting. The mind goes very still with sound. Okay, i am just give you a little example. If you sit like this, just stay where you are, and I'm going to make some sound, and you just listen to the sound and see what happens to the quality of your mind. It will be interesting for you to see that. Okay, I'm not tell you which sound I'm going to do. <laughs> close your eyes you can t- keep on hearing, see what happened to your mind. So, open your eyes, and how is your mind? Have you noticed? Did your mind go quiet? Very quickly? Or not? Pardon me? You're choosy. Yeah. Right. So, you can, for some people, you just listen to sound, and if it is disturbing, it's your mind making a... A kind of difference between one sound and another. You have like a, you know, it's like you like one sound and you feel calm. You don't like one sound, you don't feel calm. So it's about liking and, like and disliking, you know, nice and not nice, pleasant, and unpleasant. You know, when you come to more equanimity, then you can actually hear each sound and there's no reaction, just hear the sound. So it's not a question of being good or bad. That's just what you can see, that, you know, choosing, picking, the mind choose. I like that, I don't like that, you know. And when I don't like that, then I feel more stress. When I like that, then I feel more relaxed, you know. makes sense? So, well, I gave you a few objects, didn't I? Yeah? Do you want to say anything about the sound itself? Anybody, anybody else was, did you find it helpful?
1: Yeah,
0: Mm. that's all right, isn't it? Um, Do you think that when we are uh, selecting an object of meditation, uh,
1: is there uh, like a choice? Can it be according to
0: how the body feels, or the mind, or the emotions, or a kind of guidance? Something. It's too, it's too complicated. You know, when you do investigation, vipassana investigation, you're completely in a choiceless mode. Yeah, no? choiceless awareness. Krishna used to call it. Yeah, but you can do many meditation. It's up to you. In the end, you know, we can do many things. You know. Like you, the tuning fork, for example. anybody knows about the tuning fork? Tuning fork. It's a healing uh, system. You, you like the the fork that you use to tune a, a piano or a you know, musical instrument. You know, you tap it and you hear it. So you can use this sound, you know, as a way of um, just um, that's a healing sound. Different sounds have a healing. Uh, effect people I noticed, studied in the schools of that, you know. But in meditation, you know, you you just use whatever comes to you. And then what you observe is that I like I don't like. Pleasant and unpleasant. Some sound make me feel uh, crappy, some sound other sign make me feel really happy. You know. So this is a, a choiceless observation of things. You know, you just see things as they are and as they come. When you have this choiceless capacity, then you can see your reactions. Do you understand? If you're still uh, not free to look at things in that space of freedom, what happens is you can't see I like, I don't like. Do you understand? Because your feeling and your thoughts and your mental activities will manifest with every object of sensory object, They will manifest in your daily life, in your lay life. You can begin to see some people irritate you, other people make you feel good. You feel really happy and your nervous system feels totally peaceful and calm. Other, you just have to see the color of their hair, you start getting really jumpy. Do you know? I mean, if you have hair... <laughs> You know what I mean? And so uh, you can see how the body-mind are constantly agitated by their reactivity. And that what means equanimity, it means you're not emotionally equanimous necessarily, but you let things be as they are. And if you lose that equanimity or that capacity to see things as they are, with a calm mind, with a quiet awareness then you're still moving with everything, you know. like, I don't like, I like, I don't like, like, yo-yo, you know. So it's important to have this ability to see things in a dispassionate way. That's when you start learning something, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of the path. And Achin Sumedho taught us a lot. To do, to work with this kind of mind, you know. For example, somebody, I mean, I'm not, don't do that to each other, please, you know, don't look at each other, but you could look at somebody, for example, you know, discreetly, of course, you know, you're not gonna, (laughs) I'm looking at you. You look discreetly and just, you know, notice the effect somebody has on you. It's quite fascinating. To observe in yourself, I mean, I saw some of the adjunct teaching now, well-known, working a lot like that, you know. You just look and you just examine how you, what's going on in you when you look at a thing, uh, somebody, uh, anything. You can look at how you get affected, what it brings up in you. Sometimes we're very unconscious of that, because what it brings up to you in the body—it's your mind actually. It's not like a, you know something that's not important. It's your mind moving. Do you understand? So you do a lot of meditation, looking at the mind. But sometimes you don't realize that the mind is still moving. You know, when you think it's not moving. With the eyes open, for example, you look at something. You look at a tree. Maybe you like it, you know. It's very nice. You see the swinging of the of the uh, wind and the leaves and so on. And then, mind you, Anichai goes a crack really quickly after seeing the tree for about two minutes. You get bored. <laughs> Want to do something else? Another tree, possibly yeah. <laughs> a smaller tree. That was overwhelming, maybe. Yeah. But that's with everything. So that's another way you know, when you were talking about some sounds are pleasant, you know, or yes, others are not, then you can, you know, you begin to see as you look more carefully that you have a feeling that comes with it, you know, a kind of sense, like a pleasant and pleasant feeling, yeah? And then if you don't careful that, the thoughts are arising, you know, from that contact, and if you're not really mindful and careful, then at some point you have had enough and you walk out of the room, you know, because you can't stand it anymore. I'm not saying you do that, but with that mindfulness, that may be what you might be doing, you know, or anybody here. Because at some point you don't want to be stressed all the time. But as you see the hear the sound and uh, kind of feel the body and can hear your thought, don't like it or don't feel good. You begin to free yourself from this Uh, kind of dependence on feelings or what you think, what the mind is thinking all the time. I like, I don't like, I like, I don't like. So the whole path is actually to show you eventually that your mind is not yours. There's a mind there just having its own thing there. It's called my human mind. But there's also something in me that can see these things, you understand? We can't find anybody. I haven't found anybody by myself. I never look never really was so interested to find out who is seeing, you know, me. I didn't want to have another object, like God, you know. Really boring to have to carry God all the time with me. So I just decided to follow Ajahn Somedo's teaching, the mystery, you know. I like the mystery. mystery would kind of speak to me, because I don't have to think too much about the mystery. It just leaves my mind peaceful. Intellectually speaking is not so challenging, but to me it makes, works. <laughs> So, you're just a mystery, you know it's not no, we don't know, can't find anybody. There's nobody actually aware, no one, not an entity, but the experience is that you can see what's goes on in your mind that so that you can know, so you just take it simply, you know there is seeing knowing, and so on on this word. I'm going to leave you perhaps walking gently to the Next stage of our practice, we going to fill up our stomach.